0: Hello
1: everyone. Hey, how are you? How are you? I am well. Good. How are you? How's it going so far? Great,
0: fantastic. Well, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. There's uh, a lot of stuff.
1: Okay, great. I'd love to go around, introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, and what you do, and then we'll go back around and do Q&A. And um, I would make that very selfish um, because that's you know you get you've consumed plenty of, plenty of macro free advice from me, but like I'd love to make sure I deliver on what your singular question is here so let's go yeah. this is the Gary V audio experience
2: Brian Beltney from Charlotte North Carolina head of the Refinery House which is a small agency right now awesome so, yeah
1: good to see you
3: see awesome uh, my name is Stephen Jane uh, Refinery House Charlotte North Carolina paid media
1: paid media and I'm
4: Taylor Bryant uh, creative director at the Refinery
1: House awesome Mark, I know you, I know you, I know you. Okay, here we go. Go ahead, it's it's now your turn. I'm Kerry, we are the 1% group with Glenn, so our partner,
4: business partner, from Melbourne, Australia. We
5: work with uh, health and fitness experts uh, to help them monetize on their brand. Uh, Really niche health and fitness experts, postnatal, your your bodybuilding guys, uh, powerlifting guys, all sorts of, just real experts that can solve one problem. We, we help them generate leads, make sales, set up their delivery systems to scale, creating uh, a creating high end experience for their, their customers and clients.
1: Understood, through a rev share with them model or through a no, fee model? Know.
4: Through a fee yes. model. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, understood, yes. awesome.
6: Cool, so my name is Doc Williams. So I'm the founder of Brand Factory Inc. And. Basically, I'm a personal CTO, so I help solar entrepreneurs, and small businesses. When they're struggling and trying to scale and they're frustrated, I go in and basically build their tech stacks or help them with automation for that one.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Where are you based?
6: Uh, DC. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so, cool. Um, and then started with copywriting, so that's how it started with
0: um, you know years ago and then went from there.
1: Interesting, yeah. okay.
0: Brian Neal, CEO of Blind Zebra Enterprises. I do sales training, sales coaching, keynote speaking and podcasting. Uh, my side hustles, I'm an NFL ref.
1: Is that true?
0: That's true, I got you a present
1: too. I'm fired up about yeah. it, I, already, I want it already. You want
0: the present? No, we'll save it for I the end. <laughs>
1: you NFL ref.
0: I'm an NFL ref, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: You I'm actually sure. referee NFL games. No, I, do. I think it's
0: amazing. For five years. You've seen me <laughs> that's crazy, that's amazing. Me. Right, it's awesome. How many
1: games a year do you do?
0: 22, 15 regular season for uh pre-season hopefully. I'm
1: so fired up. I cannot wait to be mad <laughs> at a call up. that so, you make <laughs> <laughs> next year. You can
0: ask me anything <laughs> I know we have the cameras
1: going, I gotta stay, gotta Listen, sure. I, I already know the answers. It's human beings, it you is. know, it's like, it's amazing. It's cool. cool, that's really cool. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. All right, Q so. so in the macro, like actually I'll just start with this, given you three, I would assume, which would be smart, given what you're at, creative and media, you're on your path to building a, a VaynerMedia-like agency and trying to figure, I mean, obviously there's always nuances, sure. but creative and media under one house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to, whatever it may be, there may be yeah, a different so bunch of know, different I'll things. That, Go I don't ahead. Know
2: if you remember, I uh, left you a comment about asking about how you apply a retainer model to a software development agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's like primary is solving this. So we have, we have a software development agency that sits next to a digital marketing agency. So they're all from the digital marketing agency side. We also have full service software development in terms of, I mean, enterprise level stuff. So...
1: All under what one, one, p- co- yep. one company, like yep. one p yep. and Okay.
2: Yep. Um, and...
1: It started with that and this has been built on top?
2: That's correct. Okay. Yeah, so software development goes back about four and a half years.
1: How did that start? Uh, me. Solo. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Yep.
2: yep. Um, and then now... so, so
1: How many people are in each?
2: Uh, so, almost, almost a bench of about seventy engineers on the right side with.
1: Meaning none full time and all outsourced when you say bench. So
2: I invested in an agency in St. Louis so that we could share an engineer bench. Interesting. Um, so so
1: they're they're full time employees.
2: They're full time of of them, and then we get to I get to lean into their bench and kind of cost share. I get it. So, yeah, you know, easy, burstable capacity keeps my overhead low.
1: I totally understand. Um, yeah. So. So that's that. How many? How many, if any, full-time devs? Yeah,
2: we're uh, full-time devs. Yeah, uh, just over a dozen. Understood. Um, And then, kind of on this side, we're all full-time in the agency.
1: And how many Um, of those?
2: About a dozen as well. Well, ten to ten to fifteen. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, on the software side, I'm curious if you've seen models work where. you can have a retainer that's more than just support or maintenance, right? Because you've talked about breaking out the strategy uh, into its own component of how you bill a client, or like, like the, the answer
1: retainer. is you like, can, and I, you've gone through some of these things. It's hard for it not to be support or maintenance because people have bought into the value of that. Right. You know, when I started VaynerMedia, this company started as community management only. That was the only thing we did. You know, Campbell's hired us and. Oh, some of you are youngsters, but old Facebook, like if you left somebody on somebody's page, that was what was on the top of the wall. It was like MySpace, you know? Like, so, you know, people weren't like, the amount of people that laughed me out of the room to make comments, to like do community management and make content which is the core foundation of like who I am and like what is probably considered best in class 2019 marketing on digital right now put out content on social networks and engage with the community for insights and right laughed out of the room for $5,000 a month laughed out of the room with with a million followers on Twitter when I knew him when built up wine library with like been on Conan with like the, kid, the same kid that built from three to 60 million laughed. Why I'm telling you that is it's the answer. The answer is of course. If you deliver on what you're asking for in return, and I believe there are a lot of people emerging potentially in the mid-market that can afford to pay a strategy around tech infrastructure. I think both of you can easily convince a human and say, hey Gary, you have Wine Library. Let's go back to my dad's own store and say, you're wasting money on legacy tech and bad infrastructural decisions by just paying me $3,000 a month where I will both be in the Batbone business so before you decide if it's MailChimp or Cloud This or Google, like, or a new POS, if you're just, I'm Batbone. And on top of that, I'll be proactive and, and set up, off, I'll be in defense, bat phone, but a quarterly we have an in-face or a 30 minute call every two months or I'll be on offense where me and my team are thinking about your liquor store business and you, you know, you build an infrastructure that allows people to see what's going on best in class. In Canada, the Canada Liquor Control Board now puts QR codes on their bottles. I do believe that there's a sector that would pay for thinking. Okay. Because the, the way you always get people to understand it is the money saved. One of the ways I started breaking through to community management was saying, how much do you spend on call centers? Oh, millions. I'm like, they blow and they do nothing. Community management, when somebody goes on your Campbell's page and says your soup stinks, that's also could be a call center and we're only 60,000 per year and I'm gonna be, got it? So it's the angle.
2: I it's like the product or the story that you present to them.
1: I gave it to you. I think that's the truth. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but I gave you the one that like what, like I'm always reverse engineer from the consumer. What would tri- I would say, what would trick me and trick in a good way? What would, what would get me thinking like, hmm. And you know, one thing you could do is like in the way, if you go prospecting, it's like, do you spend Fifty thousand dollars on technology. Technology is your email service. Your serve, like you, you throw a lot in there, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like my, my dad's company, Wine Library, right now, is incapable of making smart tech decisions. Ah, that's not true. I forgot. We have John Kane. We are, but but but, but a lot aren't. And more importantly, bless you. And John would know what to do with that too. So, look, people don't like to pay for thinking. They don't like it. Strategies, mm. mm-hmm. but
2: we just done it on the marketing side, and it's gone great
1: because there's an output along with it. Yeah. Strategy baked into videos, cool. Strategy just for the sake of strategy, not cool. Right. Got it? Yeah. Good. Notice how I made you put something tangible in there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a 30 minute call every night, you know? Yeah. So, people yeah. want some, you know, yeah, something. I'll, I'll be honest with you, one of the ways to do it is to do an annual conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things we're about to do at Vayner Sports, just to give you a preview, you'll see me promoting it in six months. I gotta get it past AJ, but I think I got it. Uh, we have a lot of people that are doing brand deals with our players, but so much of it has to do with me, and they're trying to like. And I'm like, look, why don't we just if they do brand deals with our partners, like with our players, why don't we do a thing every year, like the Saturday, you know, the Saturday before the Super Bowl in whatever town it is, and they get access to that one day full of it. They'll, money to spend time with me and this is an hour like, in
2: Atlanta this year a little bit yeah
1: you know, what we did in Atlanta is exactly how I'm thinking about it Atlanta that was the cool party and I'll do that again in Miami we'll have two chains and we'll have you know we'll kill it and it'll be culture that's Saturday night Friday will be the business conference for the people that sign $50,000 deal or more with Vayner Sports people and what those businesses are gonna do and be like I don't give a who VaynerSports gives to what players my money for my that. cheese puffs. I just want to be with Gary for that day on Friday. I would pay 50, yeah. got it? That's how you have to think. Reverse engineer them. Mm-hmm.
2: Makes sense, okay. Um, and then kind of the reason why we came or I brought them is we're a really young marketing agency. Yes. Really young, January 1 of this year. Amazing, congrats. Thanks. Um, so it's more of starting well for us yeah. versus coming to you in two years going, I wasted a quarter million dollars on this and hundred thousand dollars on that. That's
1: right. That's exactly
2: right. You can go back to where you were, if you even were ever in between ten and twenty full timers. We like
1: were boutique. Yeah, we were. And uh, I started my company in a conference room of another company. Beautiful. Like we were. Like people like kind of continue to forget that no, when I knew you
2: you started yeah, from ground, ground zero. You were like a thirty friends or Got ten. It. No
1: friends. respect. We were we were small. Cool. For a long time, because the first two years I was pretty passive. I mean, I think when I took over two and a half years in, I think we were less than thirty. That's awesome. Yeah, we, like we got crazy when I started running it full time. I just love hiring people. <laughs> 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 that's not a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so go ahead.
2: Um, yeah. So if you can think back then, yeah. Give me. I mean, a couple
1: core things. Yeah, things. Disproportionate over communication with every single person that's in it. Excellent. Like the game-changing reason why VaynerMedia is still foundationally strong is how close I was to the first 100 employees. It still permeates. It'll rear its head later of like old Vayner, new, like there's many things that will come from it later, but it is the number, honestly, it's raising a child. Overlove the f- out of your kid in the first four years and see ridiculous dividends later. Like, you know, later you can worry about entitlement. But at four, they can't be entitled, just love the f- out of them. Later, you can like not let them win like I do with now, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. in the beginning, and they'll cry, like it does every day, <laughs> but but because they're getting used to like, what is this? I'm so you know, uh, but over, so it's your are you, you're the guy, mm-hmm. you you have to build a real relationship with all of them. Thanks for the post you posted yesterday, it's very sweet. Uh, you have to build a real relationship, and and you have to manage all of them differently, you have to manage them based on them, right, no. not based on you. Right. And you sometimes they want, and at first everyone wants there's a million things sure. at, at twelve and twenty like you're gonna have that awesome culture like you know people are gonna stay later your yeah. closest f- cut out the cancer quick okay. if you buy accident up and hired somebody you gotta get you know give her or him real ra- the only time I'm pretty radical candor is when they're a singular cancer okay. in a small group where I'm like hey like nobody likes you. Well, I'm the best employee. I'm like cool. I'm still gonna fire you. Yeah. That the best employee isn't the one who makes the most money or the client likes the best. It's the holistic best. And all eleven people in this office don't love the way you're rolling. Makes sense. So that's important. Early cancer is important because it keeps like positive vibes. It's it's a very nurt. I think I think the first four years of a company are disproportionately nurturing. You know, it's it's actually really funny. I. I <laughs> There was a period in 2011, 12, when I was investing in pretty heavily in female-centric startups. You know, Birchbox and Micmac, and all these companies. And you know, later it became such a part of our culture. of Like, you know, there was a moment 24 months ago where like, what's your portfolio look like with female founders? And I could see it was bubbling up and I remember thinking like, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> because I was really in a good place, but it was really funny. I was in a good place, not by being a noble man or like trying to be fair. It was out of my general thesis of the other way. It was my disrespect, it was my, uh it was me being, um, what am, what's the word I'm looking for? It, well, no, because sorry I used the word. because It was me being, I was stereotyping men. Yeah. Even though I'm a nurturing dude, I was stereotyping men for not being, I was being very, very basic, women are, you know? But I actually believe it. I believe uh, that over nurturing emotionally a business in the first three to four years is remarkably underrated. All feelings all kumbaya. I mean, you gotta pay the bills. You gotta get through. But I think that's where, if you can help, and I don't know you well enough, if you can put a lot of the financial onus on yourself, Mm -hmm. and, you know, right? It's very cliche. That's why I asked you, did you start at first? I'm like, good, he's gonna be able to do this, because he was like, when you're the person that is the thing at first, you know it. Like, that's the, the, you can't imagine how fun it is to walk through this company knowing that me as the CEO is the best practitioner of social media work. There is no executive that I'm scared of in my own company. It's very powerful. Most executives lose touch with reality or never had in the first place. They just like thought of a business idea and like their partner was the one that made the bread. You know, so as much onus and pressure on you to allow to establish that culture and then where I missed the mark was in year five, five, six, seven, uh, when we were here. When did we first move in here, three? Two three years right? ago. Yeah. Three, right? Three, it's three. Yeah. Three will be in August, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so what are we in, 19? 16, I took five years in, I, I did, it's so, I waited one year too long to make the transition from over-nurturing to merit, which then cr- creates entitlement. And I had, a, I had a very difficult time unwinding that. It took me a good year and a half because I let go of 30 people to make this statement, rip the Band-Aid. Right. That yeah. up every, I mean, you would have thought that like it was the Great Depression here. But people yelling at me and it all hands on. And my own employees being like you. Um, but that, you know, I, I made the mistake. I waited a year, a year and a half too long.
2: To go from. Too, just like,
1: hey, you're, it's a I make fun of entitlement, don't let your kids win eighth place trophies, but I missed the mark here by a year, year and a half. And the moment I realized it, I was like, I just remember going through that in my own mind, I was like, this is gonna suck, because what entitled kids don't like is when you cut off their credit card. Right. <laughs> like, like, like the kids that you buy a Mercedes for in high school, pay for their college, unlimited Uber, unlimited Equinox, and the first year out of college, you buy them their apartment, and you get them unlimited Uber continuous, and you got them their job, when you decide, because you're a parent that decides that for some weird reason, 23 is the year a kid gets cut off, that kid hits on you like crazy. Because you didn't condition them.
2: Yeah, I have a little sister.
1: So, I'm all right. <laughs> so, so that happened. So, I think, I think if you can get your t- that to me is the framework. If you yeah. can get your timing right from over coddling culture, safety, yes, mm, heart, and you can make that transition to merit. And every company's different. Every leader is different. You know, I missed the mark here, which I will hope will make me not miss the mark the next time. It's a, but here's why I do it. I missed the mark, and our company's never been healthier today. Overcorrecting from when you created too much entitlement is a, a lot better than establishing a company that is a soulless financial machine. Yeah, yeah. You're never injecting culture into that. So the seed matters.
2: Excellent. Cool. And then so in terms of overcommunication, so for the first in college all the way till I exited my first business, I was pretty much solo. And so
1: it doesn't come natural. Right. Try to figure out your way. Maybe it's, maybe, you know, maybe it's phone calls. Maybe it's hiring a chief hard officer, like making an investment to culture now mm-hmm. and giving her or him disproportionate power. Yeah, I'm excited for Claude. You know? Yeah, cool. Cool.
3: Interesting. Um, I want to know a little bit more of, um, you know, how do, how do you guys manage uh, your accounts? Because there's a time when you're younger a younger company and you have you know a, an analyst managing you know ten ten accounts right and then how do you go about making that transition into one to one or two to one, you know? Um, carefully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh and when you're asking that, are you asking financially or like how the account gets used to it or the people themselves, like give me the all of the above.
3: I think I mean I think the Aces uh, answer with OB financial world. Well, they pay more, therefore they get you know more people. Yes. Um, but you know, more of like a part of the company and culture uh, because it's two completely different uh, strokes. You know I've, I've worked at uh, other agencies, some more I've managed you know a ton of accounts. Um, some I mean, some midsize and then some bigger ones where I am down this for one uh, client only. So but I've never been in any transition from one to another. So I think that's uh,
1: what's your concern in that transition.
3: Um, I don't know. That shouldn't be concerned.
1: Well, that's that's a that's what's really good about this question. I think it's a good theoretical question, and then I think it's less scary in real life, which is why I asked that, and which is why I'm glad the way you answered. I think you're worried about the boogeyman. You know what I mean? Like I think you're wor- I think you're trying to be thoughtful, which is amazing. It's what you want from leaders to begin with. So that's a good tell. But I think, you know, hey Carl, you're on seven accounts now. You're on four. Spend. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, you know, some people might get like. Are you worried about the internal part, like the actual employees that work for you, like tr- making that transition?
3: Um, sure. I mean, it could be, yeah, because it's a completely different mindset.
1: Um. Yeah, I think you're. I think it's a boogeyman thing, really. I do. Like, it, it's a it's a different mindset that either that person can do or can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably, you know, we're not gonna know if they can or can't, you know, a lot, okay. lot of these, you know what I mean? I think people prep for things mm-hmm. a lot of times that there was no preparation needed for. Gotcha. Think about how much you psyched yourself out for the first time you were gonna kiss somebody. <laughs> years <laughs> for some, years! <laughs> like, you know, like, some of these things are just overthought. Yeah. It's casting, too. Carol's gonna transition beautifully. Rick, not so much. <clears throat> Rick. Yeah, Rick. You know what I mean? I think for you on the financial side, it's easy because you're just allocating. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, this is why culture matters. Right. Dude, this is why culture matters. If you do part one, anything that's scary about part two, the culture eats up and fixes. Carol, who's struggling from going from four to one because she's bored, is gonna feel safe to talk about it. Mm. Instead of looking for another job to get challenged, this place got too big, let me go somewhere where I can get that high of 10 accounts. See where I'm going? Yeah. Culture. Culture is like oxygen. People think it's like a department. People think, you know, it's it's not like finance. It's a living and breathing thing. It is the operating system. It is not one of the apps. Finance is an app. Creative is an app. Strategy is an app. Culture is the operating system. It's probably the proudest thing I'm up to. It's one of the most proud, I'm so proud that what I'm putting into the business ecosystem around this subject matter. Cause I'm an alpha guy. It's not like, you know, I'm not like, you know, an 88 year old grandma saying culture mat, you know? Like I'm alpha, but this is real. And I'm glad that it's like starting to pick up a little momentum, it's gonna really pay out. So that's what I think. I think Please. the reason I
3: was asking
1: Please. that. Please.
3: Um, it was because, you know, because I've been in in both of those roles, just the depth of analysis and and quality of work that you're expected to. um,
1: But the client is the the judge and the jury of the quality of the work. Right. Which is a variable.
3: Bigger client, higher expectations. Potentially.
2: Gotcha.
1: It's casting. The bigger client just might have gone to the same college as you and likes you and has decided your work's better. Play in real life. That's what I do, got it? Potentially. The client is the judge and the jury, but they're a human, like a referee. Yeah. All I need to know about referees is he's a human being. He's making a subjective call based on his knowledge of what pass interference is or isn't. Perfect. You understand? Yeah. It's an ideology, that you hope he does it right every time he can't. What angle did he say? These guys are going so fast. One of my biggest things with referees is they need to get into better shape. Like,
0: <laughs> obviously. No, but obviously.
1: you know, I'm obviously I'm making a fun joke, but like it's hard out there. I've, I've so, I mean, I'm very weird with refs. I barely ever get upset with, with referees because I'm like, it's hard. You know how fast these are? No matter how smart he is about positioning and he can have film for days to be on the 36-yard line in this hash, these are moving. And so what, you're mad at them because you watched it a minute later in super triple <laughs> slow, do you know how fast this is? So the same way I think about refereeing is the same way I think about clients. It's casting. I have plenty of small clients that are way tougher than big clients. There's plenty of people paying me $11 million. They're passive as f***ing people paying me $48 and pissed The key <laughs> Got it? The key for your business is learning when to fire a client which is foreign as Yeah,
2: especially when you're young.
1: Of course, especially, when, and by the way, when you're young and don't have the leverage, you don't fire. Kids always ask me, Gary, when do I fire? I'm like, can you afford it? No, then you <laughs> don't fire. <laughs> 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 you fire when you can afford it, you know? You know Things are great in not, you should fire clients that are bad to your employees to keep up the culture, it's the operating system. Yes, but if you fire them and go out of business, there is no operating system. (laughs) You know?
4: Great. So, one thing I was really curious about is, you know, as we are a young agency and, you know, we're starting to build ourselves up, um, kind of finding the line between, like, you know, building up, and this might tie into the personal branding thing that we're going to have, but the line between, like, putting our work and our time into building our brand, Mm. and then how do you balance that with, like, you know, the work that is driving revenue? You have to do both. Yeah.
1: It's hard in the beginning, but the answer is both. The client is subjective. So you gotta be thoughtful that you're not deciding how much time and effort you have to put into the work. You can make a video, I mean, look, you're a creative. You know this. You can make something that takes you 13 minutes that they think is the most remarkable thing they've ever seen, and you can do something that's your life's work, and then you walk in and they're like, this is a piece of Mm -hmm. You're in the complete subjective game. So you have to use the advantages of that while recognizing the disadvantages of it. Understand? Yeah. Are you a perfectionist because you're insecure and you spend two more hours editing something because of your own ideological nature of perfection, which could have been used to work on your brand? Mm-hmm. Or are you not? Got it? Yep. You know, a lot of creatives don't like to hear speed and output and quantity matters and I'm sure it's a friction on my own team, I'm looking at D, like, it's, you know, like, when people, because D, what, four months now, three, five? Like, when you first come in, it's like, look, like, I have lot, I'm so respectful, of, I, I think creative is the variable of success. So it's really funny, because I don't look the part of, like, the champion of creator, right? But it really is what I believe, and it's, and it's what I am. I also equally believe in output and speed. There's such a practical part to me, it's no different than what I just said, it's, I'm saying the same things over and over, both. Like if you break everything down, it's both. It's always both. The answer's both. <laughs> it's why we have a problem in this country. People think it's left or right. The answer's both. Every, for, I can't believe how much our, our country now believes it's one or the other. It's nuances of both. The good nuances. It's just hard to you know. For one, so anyway, so the answer is both. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so when it comes to like I mean if you're not
1: building brand, you're not creating funnels that give you new business in a way that's passive. Mm-hmm. If you're not delivering on the quality work, you're not retaining. Right. It's like eating in the old days, you have to hunt and farm. Mm-hmm. The answer is both. So like what does that mean? More hours or hire more people? Like if you know, it's not super complicated. Mm-hmm. Or the one that, because those are tough, both being efficient with your actual time. When people come in here, do how many of my employees are like, I need somebody on this account. I'm like, I'm not giving you somebody on that account. And they're mad. They're like, you're f- trying to burn me out. I'm like, no, you're on f- Reddit for an hour a day. Yeah. You know? Me. Yep. <laughs> Good. Me? Yep. Right, cool. <laughs> yeah. um,
4: he's going to ask Okay,
1: so ask the I'm even bigger ready? question. <laughs> um,
4: I have two questions yes. for you. Um, one is business advice, and the other one is selfishly some life advice. Let's go. Um, so, the first one being our business has been built in the past three years on you. Thanks. And very successfully. We've reached $3 million turnover. And what I feel from my observation, where the brand is, is it's very personally branded. And we discuss this all the time about at some point Vayner Mania was Gary. And how do we remove him?
1: 98% of the people that work here still think that's our biggest problem. Right, right. So okay. let's talk about that for a couple, the reason I answered you that way. 98% of the people here feel that I'm too far ahead, if they, even the, most people don't care about it, but like the people that are trying to help this company, like my direct reports and like most of the feedback, we had a new head of, com, we were hiring a new head of comms, I interviewed a lot of people, it was the number one thing they wanted to talk about. Gary's so excited if I get this opportunity, I'm so excited to like you know build up the brand of Vayner, so it's not just now. There's things that come along with that. You know, if he hates it too much or loves it too much, both are a problem. Mm-hmm. So, got it? So I don't know. Like the answer is, you're fine in theory, more than you can imagine. Okay. But we're at the vulnerability of him as a human. And, and if he hates it too much, it's stressful, he doesn't want somebody to take a selfie, or like clients call him instead of the people you build around. Yeah. Or, if he likes it too much, and he becomes a caricature of himself, and he gets high on his own supply. I get real high. Yeah. So, that, that's the answer to that question. Yeah.
4: Extensions, so what we're that? trying to do, mistakenly, is we think it's a logical problem that we need to resolve as he's the bottleneck of the company, but in actual fact it's an emotional problem where if he's not emotional about it, he is who he is and the 1% is the well, 1%.
5: Because I'm, I'm the brand, people want me, people want my strategy, oversight, did, did, did Lynn approve this? To
1: so that's where you're making an operational mistake. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I did not make an operational mistake about is nobody gets me. Mm. And never was it promised. Now, if you, you know, if Pepsi comes along and says, well, we'd like you for these three, like we want you for, like, it's all negotiable, but it was never in play.
5: Right. And you make that clear from the beginning so I don't become the bottleneck. The end. And they you don't get pissed.
1: Right, they made a decision. I told them right to the face, you do not get me, I do not work on any account, I'm not here. I'm in the bad phone business better be batbone, like the joker's choking someone yeah. not there's a puddle in the street batman you know what i mean i'm in the batman business but um <laughs> i was where does this come from <laughs> where does this come from
4: oh man
1: but it's but it's like it, i like communicating in that way because it makes it obvious you know like even though it's funny and ridiculous it's, it's very clear of what i'm telling you you wanna call me because your business is in real trouble or like you're super upset with the people managing your business, like we can have that combo. But I'm not gonna f- review that tweet. Okay, so
4: Expectations follow- up front. <laughs>
1: which takes humility
4: yeah.
1: from the person. Yeah. The, the thing that most people are unable to see about me until they really get closer is the humility part that comes along with the confidence. You know? Takes humility of the personal brand.
4: Um, so my second question, um, less of a question, but I wanna hear your thoughts. Please. I wanna tell you about this. And I highly respect everyone who goes and asks Gary Vee and is vulnerable enough to talk about themselves and their position because I'm feeling very nervous. Go ahead. Um, I wanna kinda of set the tone with the end in mind. Please. We are super happy living with my parents are the best people in the world and it took us a long time to get there
5: we took the but guys. here's
4: here's what happened wow um, that makes me super one, happy he used he used we were getting serious in our relationships mm-hmm. um and we decided to buy a house okay and you talk a lot about the unconventional um success metric yep do a mortgage and yep. To death. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean bad. it. I mean yeah. it. Indian culture, Russian culture. It's the same. Obviously, there's a couple that outlie, but like stuff to prove you won is how humans are wired.
4: Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so we bought a house. Yep. Yeah. Um, we. Uh, if you see our Stripe account, I'm going to refer back to data. That was the time when the first growth happened in the company because there was a lot of pressure and there was a deadline. Interesting. I
5: grew under pressure. So.
1: I understand.
4: Mm-hmm. Cool. So Maybe. The problem with this house Maybe. is, we need to talk about marriage. that. <laughs> and so one day when we had to park on the street, we parked a little bit further down. And two houses down, it's a massive mansion. This is about nine months later. There was an open house, and um, uh, we walk in the house, and he's
1: like, "We should buy this house." And I'm like, um, "You buy. A, I want to make sure I'm following this. You buy a house, two houses over, nine months earlier.
4: Yep.
1: Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, the first house. I Yep. Mm-hmm. You you at that same time are starting the business, and it's starting to work.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm starting to work.
1: I understand, it's starting to work. Like good things are happening in the business. You're starting to see the early indications of something good is happening. So what you do with those early indications is decide that you should buy the bigger house. Uh, That makes, by the way, that makes a ton of sense to me. Keep going.
4: Okay, Um, and so here's the dreamer, I'm the believer. I'm like, this house is three times of what our current house is. If you think we can do it, let's do it. We signed the papers th- two weeks later to buy this house. In the meantime, the same agent sell our house and they're like, this is so weird. Um, <laughs> and look at our Stripe account and that was our second huge uh, spike in growth and sustained growth, if I may add, so it's not just like... Yeah,
5: was from...
1: That might have had nothing to do with the houses, by the way. That might have been...
5: I, I bought the house. I understand. I,
1: it. I understand. Yeah. But like... That the growth might have not happened because you're under pressure. It might have been because you're right about the thesis of what you were doing.
4: I want to test that now. Because, Good. Um, now that we're so happy and comfortable and... You want to make yourself emo- more uncomfortable? It us. If
1: you play a game... <laughs> if right. Let me say one thing. And I don't know if this is where you're going but I'm just going to yeah. jump in because I like to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to play a game of like every time we put ourselves in macro pressure that we are... Uh, this united front and we emotionally and financially and strategically we have big spikes of growth you're gonna pick wrong one day I don't and do that to happen so don't make that your thesis for
4: sure and
1: figure I, out how to create pressure in a different way that isn't financially <laughs>
4: yeah so now we don't have financial pressure okay because we I understand
1: you've grown into being able to yeah, afford it it's, easier it's, I get it
4: I understand really just
1: enjoying
4: what we do. Okay. But now our business growth isn't as exciting, if that
1: makes sense. Of course it makes sense, but that might not have anything to do with the pressure. Mm -hmm. I'm worried that you're strapping it to something that might have been serendipitous, not the engine of. Mm -hmm. It, It may also not be as exciting because the maturity of what you're doing is now doing much of the same, whereas before it was learning and finding new angles and doing. There may be a lot of reasons that it's not as exciting, unless you're just masochist of financial. Like, and I'm not joking. Maybe I can't. You know, I don't know you well enough, but like it's highly unlikely that like that's the case. But wait a minute. You live with your parents. You moved them into your house, you mean? We moved back with them. So you sold that big house?
4: We still have it. What we've done is we've turned it into a business retreat, so it's worked out really perfectly. I see. That's cool.
1: I understand. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So that's really exciting Um, on on that end. Maybe that's a really great segue.
1: Maybe there is also another thing, and I'll I'll let him segue. But another thing for you to debate: maybe you should start a new business. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Yeah. I just keep starting new businesses, well,
4: well,
1: and some will fail and some won't. Yeah. But in the net, I don't give a because I'm happy. Mm. Starting a new business for me makes me happy. It's makes me happy. I'm not really worried about like I love when everybody you know everybody around straight men and women are like nah I'm like I want to be happy. Yeah. Like you can quit Boehner and start your own company if you want to be safe.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think that brings a lot of closure for me because no way do I want to uh, test us with financial pressure again. Yes. I just, I just knew that wasn't the right way.
1: You can pressure yourself yeah. and challenge yourself without it being the financial part. Mm. It can be the intellectual part. Like One of the reasons I love to start businesses is to see how right I am about mm-hmm. something. Because I love when people are like, "Oh, I, I thought of Uber before Uber." I'm like, "That's great, Johnny." Like, Jeez. like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, I love people talking about. Oh, I knew I knew Snap stock was gonna go. Da-. Like, what does that even mean? I'm in the business of putting my mouth, my money where my mouth is. Maybe that's what you're looking for. Yeah, Do you know I, what I mean?
4: There are two takeaways from that, which is one, and I don't know if Brian's going to go into.
1: For me. Just because you like concentrating and being—that's amazing. That's phenomenal. I think it's a great thesis. I think it's an incredible thesis that you should focus on something and see it home. How about the fact that I got D's and F's for that same macro rationale? Or you could be me, which is you love throwing up 47 plates and you're comfortable if 16 collapse because you like 31 plates more than one.
4: Yeah. And I love it, the takeaway of challenging us intellectually. 100%. Yeah, cuz at the moment it's always been financial.
1: That's right. That's where that uh, you, uh, honestly, you just made me so happy if if you can get into legacy, curiosity, mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. over bank account. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really known how much money I have ever. I have no clue right now. Yeah. Enough to be dangerous to make sure it's enough to not be dead. But like, when your process is the game, you're in a much better place. Mm-hmm.
5: Thank you. You're welcome. I'll lead in. Um, so we work with uh, niche health and fitness. I partners. heard. Uh, the big thing that I teach them and we teach them as a company is to build drives, to build a 1,000 rating fans around that one. Uh, I understand.
1: Because uh, the monetization against that versus 100,000 that don't give a Means nothing,
5: correct? And so, as I go deep, I'm starting to realize they they can't monetize coaching because very few people pay for high end coaching. Like you said before, people pay for tangibility. Uh, people don't pay for
1: improvement. Go yeah, ahead. and and, the, and oftentimes, like where it really becomes an interesting debate for a lot of people, depending on how they're wired. For example, I can get a lot of money for coaching. I don't want to. So there's two groups, ones that can't, and there's ones that subconsciously actually don't want to because an enormous percentage of people that pay for coaching are paying for the feeling that they're fixing something versus actually trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I really struggle with a lot of people I know is they're bottom feeding on people. Mm -hmm. And so you gotta figure out which group, it's an important question for you when you meet somebody, you're like, hey, you can do this. It's either that they can't fill the pipe with valuable enough content yeah. or actually they'd be more like me which is interesting which is they just don't feel good about it it's an important part yeah whereas yeah. i'm thrilled to sell a hoodie or a, a sneaker watch. or a Please. glass of wine coaching is
5: so intangible and most people don't rise
1: don't it, it, it's also very important to analyze your customer coaching is very tough when you know the person's looking for a quick fix yeah.
5: and and the majority are
1: 100,000%. The, right? the end. And then so what it does is takes people out of their truth. Yeah. Because their, their ROI is the coaching business.
5: Correct. So we're, we're kind of in a very ambiguous business because we have these experts who are <coughs> coaching clients to a result. My job as the tribe leader is figuring out how to help them build their tribes and connect the dots to help them actually deliver their coaching for free, build that tribe, and then monetize on products, services, e-commerce, supplements, meal prep, recurring stuff. So I've got two questions for you. In order for us to do that, I need to get myself into the software space to allow them a platform uh, to build their tribe. Okay. That's what I'm starting to feel, the 200 coaches that we have, if they can all have one white labeled software that they use to deliver to their tribe, that can then open up the door for them to put uh, for them to segue in affiliate products meal, meal prep supplements i understand stuff. so right now we've got, kind of got two empty gaps the first empty gap is if you were us now you had 200 clients you had a three million dollar run uh, revenue sales how do you begin to enter into software and tech knowing that that's the future of fitness and that that will help Uh, Your clients grow and they need they need software and tech and then the second question is how do you form? strategic partnerships with other product services for example supplement companies meal prep companies apparel so that you bring it under one big umbrella brand and Use the software where they build the tribe so that they don't make so much money on the coaching but everything else is so much so leading with Cool. Your prescription is to buy this meal plan. If I understand,
1: you either build the tech, or you rent the tech, or you buy the tech. Yeah. Um. The end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's what, that's what I came to as well. Yeah. What I mean,
1: I I think everyone's different. Yeah. You know, uh you want to feel more financial pressure. Take a lot of the $3 million you know, revenue business and deploy it against buying something from maybe a company that thought they were building a consumer tech platform, but they didn't realize how hard that was, and they failed, and they've run out of money, and you can scoop up the tech. The first thing you probably have to do is bring somebody that looks like these two directly in your life as a partner, or somebody who actually gives a The biggest mistake that people make when they go into the tech business is they try to outsource the CTO, And it's different than where he is going. I mean, if you're gonna be in the tech business, Mm -hmm. and in essence, you're gonna now start selling a SaaS product Mm -hmm. to all these individuals, you better have somebody who gives a for the next eight years at your hip. And a lot of times it's an entrepreneur who knows nothing about it, and they think they're gonna be clever and have somebody build this SaaS product in Poland. And then what happens when there's an update? And what happens when something breaks? Like, they this up all the time. What I would do, I'd probably, probably give up 5% of the company and hire a CTO and have her or him build it or, or analyze the situation and say, actually, we don't need to build it. These three series of products in the marketplace, we add a one layer on top of it, we use their APIs and we've got a product. <laughs> and see, what's really interesting about this, right? So what's interesting is like, and these people actually do it, like what, what, and this is actually just an insight for all of you, what's interesting about me and probably what's manifested with me is, I'm dangerous enough to be able to give that answer where people that actually know are like, it's a good answer. Right? That's, what, that's something that's just good for everybody to learn. I, I, back to all the plates, I think something that people understand is how important it is to be dangerous enough. And you better be dangerous enough in technology and communication because that's where our world's going until all of us die. Those two things are here. You better be dangerous enough in understanding tech and you better be dangerous enough in understanding how to communicate which currently is social media. Like, that's probably a much bigger factor in who I am right now than maybe even I articulate enough. I'm glad I just did that because that really matters. Because you do have to market your business, even if you're B2B, and you should know how to do LinkedIn marketing because it will change your businesses. You you need you go into SaaS, you can't rent that. You better it has to be part of me. Has to be part of you. So hey, listen, one of the weird, you know, I think the mistake a lot of people are would make four years ago is you're gonna learn how to code. Yeah. Like everybody thought that was <laughs> yeah. the unlock to you know like like you know like it's a commodity. Every kid like I couldn't get I was so pumped five years ago when everyone was sending their kid to learn how to code. I'm like this is gonna be awesome. Coding is gonna be like plumbing. I'm gonna be paying Twenty-six thousand a year for everyone's like you're going to make two hundred fifty thousand. Like, do people understand basic human supply and demand? If everybody learns how to code, if, <laughs> like the reason all those kids that actually were nerds and learned how to code and popped out in two thousand three, four, five, six, seven mattered is because that's what it was coming, and nobody had the skill, and so that's why they won. Every if every eight-year-old learns how to code, right? Yeah
5: just on that. Please. Where would you find your
1: CTO? Like, um, you know, look, bro. Honestly, you. this is why I love this. Like, you should talk to these two. They probably know people. Like, there's a lot of ways to go about this. Uh, you know, you can just, you can either talk to people that Mark also like, you could, these people probably know. I mean, you're in Australia. They may not know. Like, there's things to talk about here. You can decide to go remote. You could be like me, and you want all the gush book here. Like, whatever you do, but it's not as hard as you think. You know, like, one thing that I've always liked to do in the beginning is... You look at in the world that you like and you literally do four hours of Google to find people that built it. You find out it's an agency that built it here and then you reach out and you look on the agency site and you literally see head of product and you're Karen Thompson and inevitably her Twitter is linked to it and you just DM her and say, Karen Thompson, your app that you built for Honeybee was really rad and a great product. Like I'm looking to hire a CTO and she's like, as a matter of fact, our head of, you know, development over here just said to me yesterday that I want a new job. Like, I mean, like, you work. Yeah,
5: yeah. awesome. Onto on the second question. Uh, the strategic partnerships with the consumer product companies. You
1: reach that? out to them. Yeah. Every one of them's interested. Okay. Like, you email info at... Yeah.
5: <laughs> Would you start your own? So would you style your brand? Like, like depends, on you think,
1: depends on what you think you're good at.
5: Yeah.
1: You know, if you think you're good at the toll booth business, you build a toll booth. If you think you're good at the highway business, you build a highway. Mm-hmm. That's what the two things are. That's what the two things are. If you wanna sit in the middle and somebody's building a meal plan and you're sitting in the middle and there's influencers and you sit in the middle and you arbitrage that's what you do. You think you, That's the toll booth. If you think you're good enough to make the meal plan, that's the highway. Biggest companies in the world right now are the toll booths of the internet. Amazon, Apple, that's why Mark loves blockchain. That eliminates the toll booths. Got it? That's why I like personal brands and why I wrote Crush It. The pedestal that my book Crush It is gonna be put on in 30 years is remarkably exciting for me personally because what at scale, what blockchain does is justifies the behavior of people building personal brand because it's the only thing going to be left is the thing and the audience on the other side. There will be many technologies built on, like the, 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 the thesis, and I don't know how it will evolve and I'm not dangerous enough just yet to fully have even great thesis on this, but my lightweight thesis on this, in its super macro, I'm very confident, which is there's the person and the audience. And in a lot of ways, that's what the internet did, but then people layered on top of it, which led to the next innovation. That's all. The internet's gonna feel like the networks.
0: Cool.
6: Cool. Um, So just two questions. Um, This kind of goes into, actually, like you were just saying, like removing certain things. So originally, uh, I built an app for a uh, sports agent who wanted to put herself out of business. So basically, it was an app that acts like. It's um, funny,
1: that's the same agenda I have for Vayner Sports. <laughs> <laughs> put everybody out of business. <laughs> Go ahead.
6: And this one's like basically it's direct to um, the player can sign their contracts with the brand. So and smart.
1: So, oh, brand, from a marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. understand.
6: It goes into escrow, and then when they either do. The yep,
1: got it. I understand.
6: So, done this, going through it, copyrighted, done stuff with uh, ESPN got to be with A.J. for Vayner Sports and it's awesome but the thing was I can do things like that I can be in the ESPN I can do this now it goes into who we sometimes represent right so we have one of the clients The Little Skies and so he's on tour and so like the guy the partner I have he has his own business but he's a videographer so he does everything with him so we did a documentary about him his family everything but there's one thing that I when we're trying to get bigger coverage with bigger like complex things like that, it seems like it's moving targets. Like we can get smaller outlets, but there's always seems to the decision maker, it's not the editor, I've, it's always moving when we're trying to distribute that kind of content. What we do is micro docs for those.
1: Well, it's because, the it's because they have the leverage. Yeah. It's a moving target because it's a highly political decision. You want free distribution, potentially, and aware, attention is the asset. Mm-hmm. If Complex, or a, as we continue to build 1.37 p.m., if you're gonna hit me up and be like, yo, we made this awesome, and Sky's on it right yeah. now, matters.
6: Exactly.
1: And I, I'm gonna have to say to myself, like, but I don't wanna, the, you're, the content's a commodity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just go make our own T Grizzly documentary. Mm-hmm. like, Because like, we've got the audience. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, and content is the variable and the most important thing, but the supply of content is remarkable. Yeah. There's 877 SoundCloud rapper documentaries being made right now. Exactly. Because everybody wants to be D-Rock, And like, there's a lot going on, right? So like, the, you know, the, that's why it's, that's why that's happening. Mm. Because they're trying to figure out, they, they'd rather do it themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they're gonna continue to go down that route. And that, Everything's gonna be fully integrated. Mm-hmm. People are gonna make and distribute themselves.
6: Yeah, which brings up okay. So that, you see where I'm going? That so you can
1: still catch some stuff because the decision maker's just like I love Little Skies. This yeah. was fresh. Yeah, yeah. But they don't want to pay money for it, yeah. and or or they don't want to share the revenue when they get a sponsor to layer on top of it. This is, is why I'm building it this way. Yeah. Think about what I'm doing. VaynerMedia has the relationship with the brand. Yeah. the publishing company is the distribution, right? The media part of VaynerMedia is enhanced distribution. My production capability, like you see what I'm doing? Yeah. I don't wanna be at the mercy of anybody. That makes
6: sense. And so with this business model, the thing that we're using is almost, which is kinda unique, when we're doing these mini docs, what we're trying to do is actually just either give the rights or something to whatever platform, but use that as leverage for other, getting other clients. So we're not actually looking to...
1: Okay, so when you say other clients, you're charging the artist?
6: Um, well, actually, a lot of them, it depends on which artist, right? So Makes sense. If they're, Drake,
1: not so much, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, Skies two years ago, maybe.
6: Exactly. I got it. So And so with Skies, um, the videographer, we actually are all from the same town, like from years ago. Um, so he documented Skies since he was seven.
1: That's amazing.
6: And his father almost, Died when he was like 14. His the whole reason uh, Skies started rapping was his father got in a horrible accident, uh, third degree burns everywhere, couldn't speak for a while. And he rapped, but he taught his kid and everything. And that's actually how Skies that's insane. So he has the whole doc, I didn't know that. like he has
1: all of these. Stories. Well, that sounds like a unique piece of content, mm-hmm. and that I would be more careful with.
6: Mm-hmm. I wonder okay.
1: that sounds, you know, and this is why content is the variable. Yeah. Right? Like, a, you know, like, so as you added more context, that seems unique. Yeah. If you've got footage of that, oh, yeah. yeah, that's unique to me. I think that I wouldn't, like, I would be more thoughtful about. That to me, I think you need to try to reach out to Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and try to really go for the jugular. Yeah. yeah. Not even, like, I think you, you know, to your point, lower places, I don't even think you play in the complex vice, mm-hmm. like, hypey, like, I think you go jugular if you've got that footage because yeah. the footage is the value problem. Yeah,
6: yeah and it's, he has all the footage when he was recovering. It's funny.
1: Was... It's making me think about something that I don't think people understand. Like, literally the most valuable asset that I put in a trust for my kids is all the IP footage of everything I'm recording. Yeah, it's wild, right? Because it had no value, so never, the value on it when I put it in the trust is like 100,000 bucks. So... My intuition is if you actually project the potential of VR 50 years from today, somebody might, you could have unlimited people paying $19.99 to sit in that seat right now and think they're in this room. I always use the analogy of would I today pay and how much would I pay to sit in the room of a meeting between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs in 1984 For me, the way I learn, a lot because I'm good at contextual history. So I'd pay the 5Gs because I could afford it. And because I know if I sat there and listened, they would say something that I could contextualize into 2019 that would help me.
5: Mm.
1: Interesting, right?
6: Oh, this is the last question. It was um, dealing with all the things we were talking about, uh, CTO and all the things. What I've developed is basically, it's called being a full stack brand developer.
1: And yeah, I understand.
6: To make sure they're copywriting that. And what I'm focusing on, I have severe dyslexia, and I think kids need to learn how to basically learn these skills because it's it just not, I was terrible at school. You, can, It just doesn't work the same way with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically putting this together as a program, and I don't
1: know. A if, curriculum?
6: Yeah, and I don't know if it's, should it be feasible where I should even care about revenue to, stream or do that or just worry about the program and try to teach it as to as many kids as possible.
1: Well, that's a personal question, right? Like I think that look, all of us have different levels of what they want to do selfishly and what you want to do selflessly, right? And so I never judge that. I think that's circumstantial, right? Mm-hmm. I chose the route, you know, maybe because I had options because I knew how to build businesses otherwise to not monetize my audience. Mm-hmm. But I don't judge that. I don't judge that. And I don't think anybody should live to anybody else's standard. Uh, maybe you start charging at first, it hits pay dirt, you did well, and you're like, I've done well now, and this clearly is working, let me make it free for everybody in the world. Maybe you start it, maybe you go more my route. You make it free, that builds up equity in itself, and it lets you monetize in other places where you get to speak for, like, there's a lot of ways to do this, and I don't think there's a right way, there's only a right way for you. I hate when people try to impose their way. You know, I'm, and I'm very passionate, but I'm not trying to impose my way because it's free. I'm trying to use it as a context point and you can do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, it's something I'm trying to clarify more of. Like, I don't think I'm right. I think I'm right for me. It's a data point and your ability to synthesize that and understand your own nuances is the key. You know? Who's right? Tony Robbins or Oprah? They're different. Mm -hmm. Oprah had the luxury of a TV deal to not charge her audience, but that's what she did after because that's, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't like to, I don't wanna have a mastermind, I don't wanna have a, I don't. But I don't mind selling you sneakers because my big thing there is, if you're wearing sneakers anyway, yeah. you know, so for me it's comfortable, I want to give away my content and I do look at people that sell their content, more cynically I do, but that's okay, it doesn't mean I'm right. Mm-hmm. And, it does, and, it's, and, I, and I, cynicism is actually wrong, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. You do you, you can do either and they both can work. You can hold your breath, build equity on giving it away for free, and then do something on the other side for yourself. It's a long game. Yeah. Or you can charge from the beginning because you need it right now, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. And just really, too much judgment in the system right now yeah. on one or the other. You know, just, that's, We've gone on full judgment tilt. Do what you wanna do.
6: And that's why I built the agency to work with the clients. Because I got I it. Can give
1: it. I got it, bro. Plans. I wanted to buy brands one day when the economy collapsed. That's why I built an agency. Like I shouldn't be in client services, but I have a strategy. The economy has decided not to collapse. Yeah. So it's just still sitting here, but you know, like, you know. But yeah, now the machine is like way greater. Now I can really swallow Reebok, let alone, you know. So, it, you know, in some ways what I perceived is like, why won't this thing collapse? Well, my own thesis on myself, right? The longer it's gone, the more leverage I have. I used to think that I was going to fold Vayner and take 20% of the team and work on aquapine. Now I won't have to do that. Now now somebody else is gonna run Vayner, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm, I'm having a, what I'm calling it, maybe an identity oh. deal uh, problem. So I've got uh, my company's Blind Zebra. That, you get that, right?
1: Yes, so, I get right? it. Thank you. Uh,
0: and I do, I'm doing sales training, sales coaching for myself in Indy for 22 years. I've intentionally wanted to be an independent, just me, sh- single shingle, lifestyle biz, shut it down, I'm done. Good for you. Two years ago, I'm like, you know what? There's no reason not to scale this.
1: <laughs> good for you dudes. too. Sorry, By the way, we... I love that story. I think that's one yeah. thing that I wish more people understood. Yeah. You can right. change your mind.
0: Yeah. And especially, I'm the only guy on the table with readers, I think. So we're I get it. The old guys. So I get it. Um, so I, I've got here are the here are the brands, and I want to get your opinion on. Okay, if I handed them to you, where, what's the first two things you think about? Sales training, sales coaching, keynote speaking. Um, I am, my wife and I are flying to uh, San Francisco to launch a wine biz. I have business ADD. Uh, we're we'll meet with John Wilkinson from the Bend to Bottom guys. Amazing. You're gonna say a lot of the same guys. It's a sports oriented in a can. Love. Sports people. Blind Zebra. It's gonna be named for referee calls. The Love it. It's gonna be called a <laughs> legal substitution. Here we go. <laughs> I'm
1: almost, in for a case, can't wait. touch it,
0: okay, you're, you're in. Uh, we're doing, uh, in the fall, I'm we'll launching a thing called Hustle Fest. Okay. it turned into my full, yep. real hustle. And there are a lot of guys in the need, Gary Brackett, Pat McAfee, done the same thing. Gonna run out of place, do that, that's also fast. And I've been doing podcasting for 14 years. I've got 650 episodes in sales. It's called the man Selling Podcast. I've got a partner in that business. Um, got a decent uh, LinkedIn tribe. We've got about 11,000 people in, the, in a group. And we've got about 5,000 people on email list. And I personally went heavy on LinkedIn early on. And I've got about 11,000 LinkedIn connections. That's my big, just my, my own personal individual uh, deal. Um, so, that's the lay of the land. Now I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, and.
1: Well, what would you like to happen? Uh, so if I said to you yeah, that, right. you know, it, just in business, oh, yeah. you'd like yeah. to do more revenue. Yeah. So if I just said.
0: There's, they're all, they're separate. Yeah, I get separate answers for each one. So the sales training thing will be scaled. So I've got this public program called training camp. Everything's around football with the brand. And so I want, I've got training camp in Indy, you know? And, I'm and so I want we have training camp in Chicago, training camp in Columbus, Ohio. How Trump are you going to do New that? York. Uh, certified coaches like me. I've got the contents already built. I just need to go out and then we're gonna feed uh, leads to them. It's gonna be the stickiness that we'll have. Franchise? I don't think it's gonna be a franchise that complicated, something similar to that. Yep. Um, speaking, I just need an agency to rep me. Um, I just don't do anything to promote myself.
1: There's no, there's no agency that wants to rep anybody who hasn't created the leverage for themselves first. Right. Doesn't exist.
0: Is there is a is a is a podcast with 150,000 downloads a month enough leverage or not? Got to be bigger.
1: No, it's not that. What is it? It's you need to be speaking.
0: Oh, oh yeah. I am. Good. Do something Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, do more. Yeah, yeah. And right. film the out of it and put it out. Yeah. Got it.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, the wine business is a distribution business. Um, we've got I think 80 colleges that are opening up. Uh, alcohol sales. You got NFL, NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, and you go to a tailgate, or you know, there's no, there's no want sports specific wine, and it's in a can, so it's single use, and uh, our NFL fan is flipping to female more than male.
1: You know how like political gamers. that's going to be to get distribution, right? Uh, yeah, it's really political. It's really you know the three tier system, right?
0: Yeah, I've got. Uh, I came from Procter Gamble on the sales side. Yep. So I understand that side. About the only difference is
1: it's it's actually completely different than yeah, yeah. than CPG from the standpoint of the distributor has mm-hmm. the leverage, not the creator of the product, yeah. because of the prohibition laws in place. Yeah, yeah. So for you to for the San Francisco Giants to serve it at their you know yeah. you know Young's Market or Southern like the, there's it's an extremely difficult business. I just wanna make sure you're going in eyes wide open and not yeah. make too much the first year.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, John said the same thing. Good. Yeah, it's good. Um, and this Hustle Fest is a brandable thing, too. Uh, to, to, it's a conference. To, yeah, yeah, it's a conference.
1: Look, I mean, it's all this, listen, you obviously, yeah. I mean, you can imagine, based on what you just said, how native this question is for me. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna give advice that I think, that I live, which is, you need to build up as much personal brand equity as possible yeah. to then funnel into these energies. I believe the way to do that is to invest in your personal brand. That means produce content and spend media to amplify it. The biggest mistake people are making right now is they're relying on organic, on their personal brand, because that feels like the right thing to do. There's almost like this badge of honor of like they get their traffic from organic. It's actually the reverse. It's a super non-strategical move to not amplify media when media is underpriced. you should be spending as much money as you can afford yeah. amplifying your content yep. on LinkedIn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing anything with legal cannabis
1: yet? Yeah, I have, a, um, I have a 49% share in a company called Green Street out of Los Angeles. We've taken some former VaynerMedia employees that now work in there. It's an agency, it's a conference business called Hall of Flowers, which we own a piece of, and we own pieces of equity of brands we start with other individuals. Have you
2: heard of Puppy Delivery yet? No. So they're, uh, I'm invested in them. It's cannabis delivery in Nevada, California? Yeah, which is
1: exploding as a business model everywhere.
2: Yeah, so we bought 150 smart cars and started distributing them all across California and Nevada and the interesting thing now that we're up against is like, obviously you can't use Facebook, you can't use paid search.
1: Yeah, but that's just, that sucks for us because we know it. But I keep trying to remember. This is literally my favorite thing that's going on right now is the cannabis conversation of like. It's
2: like before Facebook and paid search, there were other things. A hundred percent. just go find those. You could
1: also do influencer marketing. Yeah, like all my cannabis friends, and since I'm really in it, and you know, two years ago when I came into it, like there was a legitimacy factor that the market appreciated. And I was like, look, like it's it's. Here's the punchline. Everybody, I, I was just at the Hall of Flowers conference. Every single person that came up to me and said, Gary, what the f- I can't Facebook f- me I'm like You, they have a term of service. You don't think they want your money? They're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So instead of crying about what you can't do, why aren't you spending all your time trying to figure out what you can do? You can start the number one podcast in the world around cannabis and dominate. This is gonna be great for cannabis businesses because the drug of the current unbelievable success of being sucked into an Instagram, Facebook world is something they're not gonna get high on which is going to allow them to innovate and create something they own instead of renting.
2: <laughs> One more culture question for you, if you don't mind. Um, so I'm as addicted to starting new businesses, they'll tell you yes. that as well. So how do you make your current team feel like you're not going to abandon them? or is it By like not abandoning them. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, <laughs> obviously. But like, and I mean, they know my yeah, personality just, by now, but it's like, ha,
1: ha, ha, you, ha wait, less look, time of yours? Look, 100% what worked for me is I would say things over and over, they mainly didn't believe it, and then over time as things happened, they believed it more, and that's how you build a reputation. Yeah, makes sense, cool. You know? Yeah. It's, it's funny how basic it is. But what do you going do? Like, hypnotize them, oh, like, so like, no, you know, like, like. A, like a no, no, but I'm, mean, I'm like making jump. people around you, or like, you
2: know. No, no because ones. it's
1: still not you. Right. right. How do you make sure they know that you're not gonna abandon them? That doesn't come in the form of hiring me. Right. Hey, I'm here. I'm you know like that that, that makes it seem like they, you're going to abandon yeah, that. Yeah. You know like here's Carl. He's really important I'm like, This is the thing, you know, I've gone the other way. I've gotten more in. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm like literally like I even eliminated the COO role at Vayner. Uh, I'm the COO. That really gets you to believe it when the CEO's operational. You know,
2: both offices
5: <laughs> and an uh, interview with CNN.
1: Okay. Quick photos? Yeah, let's do quick yeah. selfies first. Oh, thank you, brother. What's your present, man? Oh, this is Game. amazing, bro. <laughs> Game worn, bro. Game worn. <laughs> Dude, this is amazing.
0: Look, unworn hat, how's that? You awesome,
1: you can take it? Yeah. I will, I will, Good thank you, brother. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. The podcast has been exploding. So many of you are new. It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And please, 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 you know, if I bring you any value, it would just mean the world to me if you passed it on. Like screen shooting your screen right now and posting it on Instagram stories or on a tweet or on LinkedIn. I'm just so desperate for the explosion of the podcast because I bring, it brings so much value and, and if you can do anything, so many of you, like literally 10,000 DMs and emails a week, what can I do for you? I'm not looking for anything. You don't need to buy the sneakers. You don't need to buy the, the, the books. You don't need to do anything. But passing on my content just means the world to me so please do if you think it's worth it.